You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. Chris, if I didn't have to drive home, I would smoke this joint right now. Yeah? Yeah, I would. Good for you. Yeah. I love weed. I can't wait till it's legal in Missouri. You know, um, I had a conversation with my mom about it recently, and I am not a weed smoker. Uh, yeah. Doesn't do well for me. I've talked about that on the show before. Yeah. and. I'm like, you know, they just need to legalize it at this point. Yeah. I'm like, so that it's so that we can get tax revenue off of it, basically. Right. And she's like, I don't even think it's that great. And I'm like, uh, it'll be all right. Like, I think it'll surprise you. Um, it's weird. It, so the gray area with it, and I'm I'm in agreement with her here. Uh, it's too hard to know when. That, like, I don't think people should drive high. No, and, I agree. And I'll get all kinds of backlash for this particular statement because people, are, I drove fine high. Um, mm, your perception is skewed. You shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle. I agree. Yeah. And it's too hard to track with how weed is in your system. Right. It's too hard to track when somebody's high and driving. Right. Uh, so that's one of those things. It's dangerous. And I know they're trying to, like, figure that out in the places where it is legal. But it's it's just that's that gray area for me where I'm like, oh, I don't think that's good. Right. Um, but what's weird, so I've been thinking a lot about how uh, we use basically everything is an escape most of existence for a lot of people at this point is trying to escape their own existence sure that's i mean that's that that is me that's that's scrolling on a cell phone that's the bullshit that we do it's the fake reality that we put out there for the world to see and it's kind of it hit me very hard recently because i was i was realizing how much um numbing i do on just a daily basis like come home have a couple of beers dick around on my phone and i i'm like i'm spending a few minutes a day like it's it's minutes with my kids with my wife like i'm not getting any real time with anybody and i'm i'm numbing more than i'm actually engaging in life with these people and it bummed me out so it's something that i'm trying to make more of a conscious effort at now so i actually recorded a podcast episode with my kids recently that's cool yeah 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 stuff like that because they know I do it. They know I enjoy they it. They talk about which one of those retards painted that pumpkin out there. Exactly. <laughs> I walked up and I was like, well, that's a poke ball, but whoo, that black band. Someone needs to learn how to use some masking tape. <laughs> yeah. Kid can't pay for shit. Um, so tonight, tonight we're going to talk about making amends. And that's good because... I can't record next week because my wife is having a hysterectomy. Mm. Um, This, I will go on record as the second uterus I've destroyed because my wife had it, or my wife, my mom had a hysterectomy very shortly after having birth, you know, giving birth to me. And I was the third of her children. I broke that fucking mold. I figure that, uh, you know, all of the hot loads and fisting that I've done with my old lady has dicked up hers enough that the doctor's going to take it out. That's hysterical. Yeah. So, um, okay, so we're not recording next yeah, week. Yeah, you can't, you're not now. supposed to bruise a cervix with your fist. Mike's like, I'm punching it. Yeah. I'm punching, I'm punching the time clock here. One time, one time I was really drunk. I tried pulling the whole uterus out myself, but, you know. She was like, stop it. Yeah. Prick. 
So how did you make amends there? <laughs> well, it's interesting. So, I mean, the the heart making amends is difficult. It is. Um, I mean, because I am I am at a point in my in my relationship where making amends for you know probably the most egregious offense that you could do in a marriage. You know, we're still trying to work that out. I mean, and I guess. It, it's it's difficult because the first thing that you have to do is you have to be reasonable about one of you has done something wrong yeah. and you need to recognize that you did that thing wrong. So, but that's challenging for people because yeah. your ego gets in the way and you don't want to admit that you did something wrong. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. And, and then you, you have to admit that you did something wrong, and then the other person has to reasonably assess the severity of the thing that you did wrong or that they did wrong. So, you know, with my wife's affair, that's, that's pretty heavy shit right there. Super. But, you know, if I say something like the other night, I got really drunk. We, uh, my buddies came over, we were doing our, our role-playing game that we do, you know, approximately once a month. And I probably had a little bit too much whiskey. Not probably. I definitely did. And I was difficult when going to bed. I mean, I didn't, I didn't brush my teeth. I wouldn't put in my sleep apnea device on my mouth. Cause I have one of those breathing, not an actual CPAP machine, but I have a, uh, it's a mouth know, guard. I have a mouth guard. And she's like, are you going to put that in? And I was like, and then she was all, fuck off. So I was snoring and hiccuping and stopping breathing. And she was all, you know, first of all, I mean, legitimately concerned about me. But second, she was irritated because I was fucking up her sleep. Totally, totally fair. And I had to admit, okay, you know, I, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. You're right. I drank too much. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was uncool of me to do. But then I thought, do I care? Ooh, brutal. Well, of course I care, but how, how much? How much do I care? And I, and I think that's where we're at in our marriage. That's fucking dangerous. That's a, yeah, that's a horrible spot to yeah, be. It's, it's just dangerous. But it's easy to get there in any relationship because with any relationship, there are going to be times where you're at odds with that person mm -hmm. so to get past that in any capacity is extremely extremely difficult and uh like i think anybody reaches that like even with your parents you reach that point well you fucked me up right like why why should i give a shit what you have to say right um so it's really easy to get to that point and i think we get to that point with employers with friends right. like think about cutting a friend off or whatever you're like dude you fucked up here Right. Like you said something that I told you in confidence to somebody else and that that's fucked. Right. Um, so, you know, you do run into that sort of shit everywhere with everybody. And uh, it there's a, a level of pride swallowing. Right. Is, it, is it crow eating? Is it pride swallowing? It's a little bit of both, I guess. You you have to you have to eat crow there. Right. Like you have to do the thing you that have to, sucks. Yeah. You you have to have the testicular fortitude to say, oh, here comes the hate mail. Um, you have you have to be able to admit that I screwed up. The other person has to reasonably agree to the severity of the screw up and then you have to you know you have to recognize and apologize and and move forward from there but that's hard for people to do especially when you don't think you fucked up well i think because uh recently tara and i had a conversation and it was uh 
it was one of those things where I actually, I stopped looking at her as my partner Mm -hmm. and started looking at her as a person again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I can see how you would get pissed off at this or we would fight about that. And uh, I can see that you were feeling some, some way about this and like doing like getting to that point was completely necessary Mm. and uh it it shifted like i got to fall back in love with her kind of thing because i'm like oh you're just a sweet person and it was nice so i i think viewing that person as a person again instead of as this fixture in your life is one of those things because we'll we'll objectify them in some way and it takes away their humility it, mm-hmm. it, it they cease to be a human that can make mistakes and shit like that mm-hmm. in our eyes and it, we have an expected behavior yeah did I, I thought i mentioned that on the episode of fear the boot that we did the negative episode where you i i, I mythologize people yeah right i mean i have this is who you are in my head mm-hmm. and is as childish and, and and foolish as it is, I don't want to be made aware of things that that shatter that illusion, right? I just don't want to know. Well, and I I think it's important to know. Like I was I was thinking earlier tonight about um, just professional accomplishments of mine, and that sounds so arrogant, but I there's there was a level of suffering that I had to endure to come to the place to where I could be at that point to be the monster that I was. And um, it was super necessary. And I did not realize that in the tribulations and stuff. Like before I could go back to the car business because I got out of it, um, before I could go back to it and do well, I needed to, one, uh, get knocked down a couple of pegs. So getting knocked down was fucking losing my job, was moving into my mom's basement my wife left me for a little bit and it, it like these things were necessary to make me ferocious like it, it was i had to be broken mm-hmm. in order to be uh rebuilt for, yeah basically right. like i had to be forged into a machine and it was it was good and like it was through suffering that something was made good and like I think that's where the whole Christ concept really kind of bleeds over into the real world. Whoa. Yeah, well, it, it, because well, it's the whole concept of some good comes out of the suffering. Uh, and I, I basically every religion has this mirrored in some way. And I I've been listening to a ton of Jordan Peterson and stuff for the past few years here, mm. so I, I'm probably speaking in part from some of the you know knowledge that was bestowed upon me from that. But yeah, like it, it, suffering is absolutely necessary in order to develop a better or more stable anything and i think that same thing is said in a relationship like no no, i think you're i think you're completely right because seeing how you have hurt someone else really brings it it really brings a level of of self-awareness right so when you see what you have done how badly you have hurt another person or how you frustrated them or how you irritated them you know just to varying degrees but the important part is is that if if you are aware enough to look at yourself and say i caused you this discomfort or i caused you this pain i don't want to do that in the future let me learn from this and not repeat the mistake 
Well, and it's not just that which the other person has done to us, but um, growing, like, I think it's arrogant to say that you've done this to me, and because of that, things are this way. And that's one of the things that... It's, but, it's, but, it's, but it's hard not to embrace it is that. Hard. It yeah. is hard not to. Yeah. Um, but it takes a level of maturity and, uh, like you said, self-awareness to come to a point to where you can get past that. And it's extremely important. It's, uh, it's fucking detrimental. Like, it, it, it's the one thing that can shift everything in a direction to where it could be better. And I, I think... In order to come to terms or make amends with somebody, you have to, again, let them be a human in your eyes. And then just, one, you fucking swallow some pride. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you no, nobody should hurt you. But unfortunately, you live in the world, and the world's meant to destroy you um, so that only strong things can be in it. So you have to endure a level of destruction as far as yourself goes to emerge something better and stronger and resilient enough to exist on this plane and uh that's one of those things that yeah you you have to fucking be shattered sometimes you have to get your ass kicked and sure i mean i i have i have never been this and so when when you texted me tonight yeah and said hey we're gonna we're gonna talk about making amends and i was like okay that's that's cool that's actually a really good topic but i was kind of bummed because i thought man i thought the topic of your sort of relationship with self was a, a a good one as well but we i mean we can get into that next time but but i have been more introspective lately mm-hmm. and i don't think that i wouldn't have been as introspective if i wasn't at this juncture in my life if i wasn't you know hitting middle age if i wasn't dissatisfied with what i've done professionally if i if i wasn't going through this you know this midlife crisis as cliche as it sounds if i wasn't going through this thing where i'm trying to figure out what exactly am I doing with my life and why am I doing? I don't think that I would have been this introspective had my wife not had an affair. Interesting. Yeah. So it it created a tremendous opportunity for personal growth. Yeah, it it sure did. It sure did. It it sucks that something so catastrophic is what has to do that. And I guess that's like one of those things that, again, you're you're allowing your wife to be human. One of the things that you've said regarding that is – how how upset she knows it's made you hurts you yeah no it's true which is we it's weird but it's also very very true that's good though because i hate seeing i hate seeing her in pain yeah i hate it but it it was self-inflicted sure but it it, but none of that all of that you are a pro no thank you you're welcome that is all it's all immaterial though, right? Like it, it, it doesn't matter that it was self-inflicted. It matters that she hurts and I hate that. But in that, that that's allowing her to then again be human. Right. Which if, if you were not in the, cause there's a place of, of emotional stability here right. that you've, you've come to. And uh, that's, what's allowed you to let her be human in your eyes mm-hmm. and to empathize with her even though that she was wrong right and uh that's that's a big deal and like that's that's why you guys are still together right but i guess it it, it, 
it is something, and I don't remember, I, I mean, I don't have great recollection for, for things, but I know that this conversation has happened. I know Dan and I were talking about it. Dan, mm. you know, Fear the Boot, Dan, we're talking about it. That it is looking at the relationship as it was and as it is now. And that th- th- what the relationship was is gone, and I have to mourn that. I don't know how to do that. But I also, I I mean, I'm, of course I can forgive her. You know, she, it's it's terrible. But, you know, she, I, I, I believe the sincerity of her pain and her apology. And so and that that's really all I need. But then I have these moments of how could you? Yeah, right? disdain. It's, yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's very, very challenging to get past. But I guess that I mean, I mean, that's that's the that's what that's the subject. Right. That's what we're talking about is is making those amends. So it's it's not just like, oh my God, you always, you load, you know, you forget you to fuck fucked it. me over. Yeah, you forgot to do the dishes or yeah. you forgot to do this or you forgot to pay that bill or, you know, you bounce this check or whatever. Those things to me are all survivable minor things, right? But it's, it is making amends on the big things. That's, that is tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, well, and the big things are going to vary from person to person. Sure. Not, not entirely, but, like, there, there's couples that fucking cheat on each other all the time and make oh, that sure. work. Yeah. Um, and they end up staying together fucking for their entire lives. Yeah, I I know some people like that. Uh, so, you know, that's one of those things. That's fucking tough. I could not. Why did you give me a sippy beer? Uh, you have a hole in your lip, apparently. I do. But, it's from all the dick. Yeah, boy. But that that's one of those things that, yeah, if, if that's clearly it's not the issue to them. I'm going to excuse be, myself and get a paper towel. I got you. What? What are you doing? But you were speaking and you were carrying the fucking show and you were doing the thing. And I'm a goddamn savage and I'm stupid and I'm ugly and I'm dumb on top of it. But that's why I was saying, like, you, uh, what's a big deal to one person might not be, or one group of people rather, because each relationship is different. But what's a big deal to to you and your wife and to Bob and his wife or to, you know, Tom and Steve or whomever yeah. uh, might not be a big deal to another group of people. And navigating that, like, there are boundaries that everybody sets up in their relationship and you come to this place to where you're like, okay, the expectation is to not have sex with other people. So, right. Um, right. And that's the thing, too. Like, I, I mean, is it okay now to have sex with other people? Is it? Like, because... Here, I can tell you in my relationship, if one of us had sex with somebody else, it would it, we'd be done. Like yeah. that would be that. Um, but that's where why that's where we're at at this juncture. Um, one, I I am not emotionally mature enough to deal with it, and I can hmm. say with full faith that Tara's not either. Hmm. Um, now, see that surprises me. From you, not from Tara, but and, and I'm not saying that to disparage Tara. Yeah, but I, I don't think if I had had an affair, especially one that lasted over a year, yeah, I don't think my wife can handle it. Yeah, no. Well, here's the thing: like, you're a woman is generally wired to want you to be around, 
from a biological mm. standpoint because you're there to rear offspring and like the stability that you then provide is absolutely a necessity in the preservation of their lifestyle mm -hmm. okay um from a man's standpoint it's it's about producing viable genetic offspring so that your genes can be carried on and there's really no way to tell when you're a dude like yeah we have dna testing at this point right but if you were out in just nature we didn't have dna testing or anything and your wife went and had sex with another person had their baby you might not ever know mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you would just it, it you basically have to make sure that this offspring grows up to adulthood and hopes that it's yours like that's how humans were made so it's it's bizarre it's kind of profound but yeah like i don't know I, there's a lot of dudes that just won't put up with it too and like for me no no i i would walk hmm. um see okay y you say that but it's it's far more challenging than i think that you're you're considering i mean you have children yeah home mm -hmm. pets uh things that reflect on both of our credit reports and all that this is all stuff that i've considered yeah. it, but it's one of those things that would not be viable to me hmm. um and the the reasoning for my so saying, i should get a divorce not saying that everybody's different um, you, you know what i love about you hmm. is that I, i'll throw a road bump out to you and i'll just be fucking around just mm -hmm. joking and you just i mean you're like Bruce Lee deflecting and dodging. You just, you just keep rolling, and it's nothing. Nothing phases you. It can't. It's part of being a monster. Hmm. Uh, it's part of being a sociopath. I guess. Yeah. Well, there are times where you have to adopt sociopathic tendencies in order to preserve yourself. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's not viable at this juncture. Hmm. Um, that's not to say in ten years or something like that that it might be. I don't know. Yeah. But right now, no, it's not. It's not remotely acceptable. It's not something that I would tolerate, and I know that she would not either. Right. Um, and a conversation that I had with her recently, she talked about her high school boyfriend cheating on her, and how it absolutely. It, she was distraught. Who, who, who has, who doesn't get cheated on when they're in high school? I don't know. I don't know. But here, um, I think a lot of people do, but it sucks when you're the one that's not doing the cheating. Yeah. Um, like that's, that's your first, for most people, that is the first time that they're being betrayed and especially in that fashion. And if you've given your heart to somebody or something like that, mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely overwhelming and you don't yet understand how volatile the world is and how just crushing it has mm -hmm. the ability to be. So you, encounter that and it will decimate most people and it, it'll scorn them and it'll they'll carry the emotional baggage of that for the rest of their life and a lot of those people ended up cheating on their partner and shit like that but yeah like i get it i get it so that was that was a conversation that we had and it made her seem human to me again like that was part of the conversation um we're arguing about fucking i don't even remember what the argument started off about uh, I think it was just getting she shit. wants you to eat ass and you won't eat ass. Yeah, probably. No, it was doing shit around the house. And we started talking about it. And then we start talking about how both of us get jealous and this, that and the other. Yeah, You two, you actually more than any couple I have ever known. You two are oh, I mean, super jealous. She'll never admit to that. Aggressively though. jealous. Yeah. Well, she won't admit to that. That's one of those things that I think is hysterical. She's like, I'm not jealous. 
And I'm like, mm, you're extremely jealous. Like you're in denial about it and that's fine, but I'm going to call something what it is. You're every bit as jealous as I am. And that's fine. It doesn't, that, it doesn't bother me if she gets jealous. I think that's fine. I think it's a natural thing. Um, are there times where people can get a, you know, a bit crazy with it? Yeah. Uh, do we border on that sometimes? Probably. Sure. But I, I have to, I have to admit that, you know, my wife has never been a jealous person and I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that jealousy stems from the other person's insecurity. I get that, mm -hmm. but I also find it terribly flattering. No, no, I do. I do. And when she gets jealous, I think it's adorable. Yeah. And that's it. She hates it. Cause I'll be like, are you, are you being a jelly belly? That's what I'll say. <laughs> and she, she's like, it's not funny. I'm like, it's pretty fucking cute. Um, and that shit drives her insane, but it's true. And I, I do think that it's, it's sweet in a way because it's like, yeah. Oh, you think enough of me that you don't want anybody else to have me. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Like, that's a very nice thing. Well, that's a weird distinction between men and women. And I, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze, but you know, I don't know a man who objects to being viewed as a piece of meat. Not one. I just don't know them. Men have less options. Right. Um, like, there are more women than men, so mm -hmm. women can then be more selective of the men. Right. And uh, men have to take the crapshoot and hope that they get a woman. Is basically where we're at. So... I mean, there's there's that, but yeah, guy, guys really don't care. They're like, yeah, you can you can be jealous about it. Yeah, I mean, if if some woman wanted to use me and dispose of me, my buddy, we'd be high fiving. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's funny? So if if you wanted to use somebody and dispose of them, um, you and your buddy would high five over that. But the conversation that she would have with her friends would be, "You're an asshole." Oh, yeah. No, for you're, sure. Because you're a womanizer. Yeah. Uh, that's bizarre. Yeah. I think that happens in the media, too, and I think it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, because you'll see somebody, they'll, they'll take a dude and they'll post all kinds of pictures of him without a shirt. And girls will be like, oh, he's so hot, dude to do. And I'm like, if a guy was doing that same thing on TV, you would lose your shit. Right. And then you'd be like, he's objectifying her. But you can objectify a man. Like, it's it's the same thing. Right. The difference is how you take it. Because because the likelihood of you walking to your car at, you know, at 1030 at night and some woman holding you down and forcing you into her is so comically unlikely that they're not a threat to you. That's the difference. Mm. So it's okay then to say that a guy is a piece of meat? Yes, because there is there is an extremely small chance. Now, I heard a story recently about a dude who got raped in prison. Yeah. I you, told that yeah, to you. That was fucking horrible. You want? Do you want to recount the nightmare scenario on these microphones, go Chris? Go ahead. Go ahead and tell the no, story. No, because you have a panache that I don't. All right. The point is, the guy was a reporter, right? And he was doing he was doing a story on a women's prison, and he basically embedded. I'm sure is not the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use. He had embedded himself in this women's prison, and then he and, found himself. 
embedded in it, the inmates. And then all of these chicks are trying to get him to fucking bang him, right? Because they just need some dick. They just need something that's some strange, right? They're tired of broomsticks and eating pussy. So the guy's, you know, he's he's resisting, 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 resisting. One night they fucking gang up on him. He can't get hard. They shove a pencil down his urethra so he has some semblance of an erection and they fucking rape him. Yeah. Is that accurate? That's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh yeah. my god. You know what would be horrible is the removal of that pencil. Like, I'm sure it going in was fucking excruciating, but the removal thereafter Ugh. would be so horrendous. How do you not get an erection? Well, I'm sure he did at first. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Like, I'm sure when it started. And then he blew his load, and they were disappointed because he came too quick. Yeah. And they fucking hammered that number it's two that, right down his number one hole. It's that, or, or he couldn't get it up because... He was probably fucking terrified. It was I, fight or flight mode, right. and his heart was probably going a mile a minute. Well, it's not like it's blood not like, was going everywhere. It's but not. His dick. Oh, it's not like those movies on my hard drive where the chicks in prison are actually hot. These are gnarled, meth addict. You've got you've got the overweight and the underweight, just the disgustingly unhealthy, and the probably bush. have STDs and oh. shit. That's scary. Yeah. But yeah, he, he endured it. He survived. Uh, I cannot tell you the individual's name because I don't know it, but I was told that story my senior year of high school by another student, and I'm like, that's bullshit. And he's like, no, dude. He's like, it's an actual thing. And uh, he pulled up a Google article about it, and like an article. He Googled it, and an article came up, and it was, I was like, oh, shit. That is real, apparently. Um, fucking weird and i'm like why wouldn't you try to appease the one or two people that knew who you were so that you wouldn't come to that but he was probably thinking i am unable i am untouchable at this point mm -hmm. he's probably a little bit bigger a little bit yeah. stronger than most of the inmates but man numbers are a bitch yeah well you know what arnold says arnold schwarzenegger hmm. eating's not cheating he just should have been like look put that clit in my I, I i've seen an anatomy book i'll find it yeah Ha! <laughs> Two in the pink and one in the stink. Let's like, go. Uh, like Amy Schumer says, everything important happens at the top. That's hysterical. Yeah, she's great. I love her. She steals jokes, too. Mm. You're right. I don't love her. Yeah. Um, no, we, uh, Tara and I had wicked awesome sex the other night. It was super rad. Sorry, listeners. About the sex. No, no, about my fucking clumsiness knocking my mic over because I'm a okay. fucking goddamn amateur. Um, no, it was, uh, you, you ever you ever have those just wonderful and enchanting nights? Mm -hmm. We've talked about that on the yeah. show before. It was one of those, man. And uh, it was actually last night. So today I was trying to play it cool because I, I actually had to go to Target to pick something up for work. And I'm picking it up and uh, I get a text and it was like, I had a lot of fun last night, and I was like, me too. I was literally just thinking about you, and it was like I was dating somebody again, Aww. and it was really sweet, and we have a little conversation via text and send each other a couple of emojis, and it was cutesy-cute and all that shit, and uh, like it was nice, and then like real life set in later, mm -hmm. and it was like, mm -hmm. what time are you going to be home from work, and it's like, I don't know. We've got people here trying to install cameras and stuff, like it's... I, I don't know what time I'm going to be there. And she's like, come on, man. <laughs> and I was just like, shit, that cutesy cute shit just went away, I guess. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Bizarre. Hmm. But um, isn't it weird how you can go from a, a moment of bliss to 
the shattering reality that is just day-to-day life. Well, and that's and that is I think that's why we're all so inclined toward escapism. Mm, whether good whether segue. Yeah, thank you. Whether whether that is whether it's television or alcohol or drugs or whatever, we're all inclined in some fashion to try to disengage, right? To try to disconnect. And there are those of us like myself who have who who develop an addiction toward that escapism. Well, it's so easy to do, but like it, it, it going through existence with numbing agents fucking sucks. And does it? All of a sudden, five years has gone by, a year has gone by, a month has gone by, ten years has gone by, and it's like, dude, what the fuck happened? Like I did not live for. And then any you're of bummed that. out, and then yeah. you just escape more. And, and then, no, I get it. It's a it's, it's a, a fucking it's cyclical hole right. that you fall into. So yeah, that's one of those scary things. And well, then, Chris, I forgive you for your alcoholism. Oh, thanks. I, we man. are making amends. It's funny when you texted me earlier today. Yeah. Um, we're like we're like let's make amends. And you were like you, you know I'm like are we getting together? You're like yes da 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 da. And then you were like let's make amends. And I was like oh my god, what did I do to Chris? What did I do? I, didn't I say hope let's st- make amends. I said the subject tonight is making amends. No. Let's talk let's, about making amends. Let's pull my phone out. I said let's talk about making up. Oh, you're right. You did. And I I still felt that it was. So I then, because I was listening to music and this song popped into my head and I listened to that and I was like, Mike would appreciate the song. So I sent it to you because I thought you would think it's funny. The fir- was it the first one? It was that song that I sent you right after we Well, I got like a that. whole connection to a whole album. Oh, okay. It was a playlist. So that, yeah, that first song, I was watching Demolition Man talking dirty to a fan who likes my band. When I took a chance to call you up, you said you'd visit, but you just don't give a fuck. Uh, such a good line. And that band is very creative with that. It's say anything, listeners. Um but I was like, oh, Michael, enjoy this. And then you sent me. Did you listen to it? I did the uh, song. Yeah. 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 yeah um, it, any anytime I'm on my phone at work, not anytime, but most of the times I'm taking a shit. Oh, OK. So, yeah, I had the I had a moment to to listen to the first few the first few bars. OK. Yeah. That that song is enjoyable. But then the chorus is fantastic um, because the chorus is. Uh, but I still miss you more. I miss you more than I ever did before you left your spores inside of my empty core our baby's got your eyes hmm. um it's really wonderful and it, that's one of those things that made me think about making amends was listening hmm. to that song because the whole song is a, it, it's a song about just being bitter and you're having a bang session with your ex yeah you know it's funny it, it, just <sighs> sorry you have a big pause you gotta you gotta pull out <laughs> yeah you do yeah um but I guess thinking about my wife's affair really made me reevaluate what what is our relationship? What what's anybody's relationship? Yeah. You know, what what is it what what are we? I mean, we're obviously we're partners. We work together for a common goal, and that common goal is our household, but that common goal is also our one another's happiness, right? Like that we want to build a life together. We want to have, we want to have a home and we want to have nice things and we want to have, 
experiences and go on vacations and go out to dinner and basically have life with one another. And can you do that with someone and sex is not important? No. No, like sex is essential in a relationship, like it, with, with a partner. But, but what about people who are asexual? I don't buy that. I don't. I it, I think a lot of the asexual people had some awful sexual experience, like a rape or were molested or something like that. And I think. It, but statistically, I think it fucks and again, up. I obviously I am not an expert, mm-hmm. um, but statistically, the people who suffer that kind of trauma tend toward hypersexualism. The 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 promiscuous. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like that's something that I actually I would probably like to research that a little bit. But can I can I can I I mean my wife obviously slept with someone else a lot for a long time but still loved me and never had any intention of leaving the relationship. You know, she didn't fall in love with this person. So can I just have sex with somebody, but still... And that's acceptable. ...love my wife and be life partners? I mean, there are polyamorous people who do that. There are people who are polygamists who do that. Yeah, but polyamorous relationships generally end in... They end. Bloodshed? Uh, well, uh, the, the bloodshed or no, just kidding. absolute splitting up? No, 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 no. Like, um, I don't know people who are in... I, I in, They in, don't this last. Is just me. Yeah, I, I don't know people, and I'm sure that they're out there, and I'm sure that people are going to shit themselves and I send that, hate mail. Fuck that. I think they're far and few between. Like, if you're one of the, if you're one of those groups, you are an anomaly. Like, one, being polyamorous is kind of an, a monom- uh, anomaly. Sure. Um, but doing it successfully da, da, manama, manomaly. is even more anomalous. Right. And uh, it's even more unlikely, and it's because biologically you are wired to do something very, very different than that. Um, so... But here's here's where I struggle. Like I I won't I won't get into this whole thing, but there's a there's a girl I see semi regularly, and I'm like, man, I would totally get with her. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I, she's into me, but we kind of vibe. There's a, there's a bunch of people out there that are sexually attractive. Like shit, if you if you look at the population, there is somebody that is super attractive that would sleep with you like especially if you're a male the stats are in your favor you might get a pity fuck or you might get to fuck a bar fly that's a hottie something like that that there's a bajillion different ways that that happen that that skinny stripper all stretched out yeah on a couch like a cat just lithe and wiry you just want to drill her in the shitter until she but I think there's a level of morality that you have to sure. um, willingly accept. Yeah. And that's, it makes a relationship difficult. But to say that, oh, should I be able to sleep with somebody else? Probably not. And it, it, the fact that it's easier to go and fuck somebody else is, I think that says a lot. The mm. easy shit's not always the right shit to do. No, it seldom is. Um, so I, I, that's one of those things that I can't see past. Like, uh, I'll I'll see somebody and I'll think they're attractive. I'll joke around with my buddies about somebody, some shit like that. But like, if it really came down to it, like I've turned it down, hmm. and it, it, that's not I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just like it's not it's not worth it. Sure, like, uh, giving up so, my my moral foothold right. is not acceptable. But but here and that's where I struggle, right? 
because, I, and, and, you know, I, I know this seems that we're sort of off topic, but it really is about coming to amends, yeah. coming to amends. Yeah, that's that's where I struggle is that if it was not important to her, if fidelity, why, sh- why should it not be or yeah. why should it be important to yeah. you? And the the only thing that I can say for that is because it is the only thing that makes you moral at that point like that is the moral high ground but i I guess here's here's where i struggle having the moral high ground for the sake of having the moral high ground is not enough so when you you should do what's right because it's right i agree not because it you can lord it over the other person but that's i'm not saying it from a place of lording it over anybody but the, just the mere expression moral high ground makes it sound like it is being lorded over the person who is on the low ground so you know when people say take the high ground like don't be a piece of shit like that person's being that's taking the moral high ground not necessarily to be lorded but because if you were to do the same thing you would be on the same plane of judgment as them hmm. and uh like when i've had I've had instances at work where, like, a customer would come in and try to hit on me and stuff, and the dude's like, you're going to fucking try to jump on that? And I'm like, no, man, I'll go to hell for something else. Like, that one's just not it for me. Hmm. Um, So when I go, and, like, my whole thing is, like, okay, if I go meet my maker tomorrow, what what do I want on my conscience? Like, what do I want to have to answer for? That's that's really what it boils down to. I'm not going to fucking have to answer for something that I would judge that person harshly for. That's hmm. fucking stupid. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to... I don't want to have to answer for something that I would judge somebody harshly for. And that is the thing that gives me the ability to judge somebody else, is the fact that I would not take that same course of action. Because any person is able to do anything... So when you don't do the things that other people do, that's what gives you the ability to judge them, which is why we can hold a murder trial and judge somebody, which is why we can say, oh, that person's a cheating asshole. That guy's a piece of shit. That girl's a piece of shit. She's a cheater. Um, And fucking absolve ourselves of that same judgment. Okay. And that that makes a lot of sense, but shouldn't we also... If we are going to have the moral high ground, shouldn't we have the the strength to forgive people? The strength for making those mistakes. The strength to forgive is very much the same thing, and that's why I said I'm not emotionally in a place because we talked about that earlier in the episode to where I could effectively do so at this juncture in my life. So, so you could pass judgment, but you couldn't forgive. Not for that thing, and it's the same thing that I expect. It like. It's expected out of me not to go cheat, so I don't cheat. If it's expected out of you and you do it, I'm done at this point. Hmm. Um, And I would expect the same from you. So that's where I'm at. That's that's the predication. Like that's what's accepted in this relationship. See, I guess here here honestly is where I struggle. I want to balance the scales. Yeah. Well, getting even isn't winning. Like anybody can get even. That's playing tit for tat. And I, I think that, I mean, I don't know how close we are, but I think that is absolutely the word of wisdom is getting even is not winning. I think you're right. I mean, we're, we're 15 minutes off. 
Hmm. Um, but yeah, the word wisdom is getting even isn't winning. Yeah. Uh, That's profound. Well, it, it's simple though. Isn't that neat? Most, most, <laughs> most profound things are. Um, because it, yeah, you don't win the game by fucking being at the same spot that the other person's at. You win the game by being in front of them. Hmm. Boom. But what if I want to blow a hot load in some rando? Yeah. Blowing some hot load in some rando would fucking make you feel like shit. And it would question your ability to even question the fact that your partner did something wrong. Would it? It would. It would. I think it, but honestly, would it? Yeah. So here, um, at this point, I think it's safe to say, I know you relatively well. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would think so. I mean, not intimately, like I've tried to fuck you so many times. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bitch. Don't accept that dick. Um, no, skinny dudes fight till they're burger. But I, I think when it came down to everything, like you would feel more guilt about it than you would justification. No, I think I think you're I think you're right. But somebody else has the guilt, and they're living with it right now. Right, but. I, it's not yours. I, I did not have the desire to do that. Yeah, well, that's, Now I do. Yeah, because you're pissed off and you want to get even. Like, that's the easy thing. That's the fucking easy thing. Is it? it makes For me sense. to get laid by a stranger is not an easy so here, thing. You're 46. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm 44. Okay, so you're 44 years old. I'll be 45 in January. Okay, so you're 44 years old. You look like you're in your 30s. Yeah. You're charismatic you're better looking than most dudes your age you don't look your age at all you're fun you're goofy like you basically have a lot of shit going for you all right it wouldn't be that difficult all right let's do this yeah we're gonna bang it out right now guys listen listen carefully um, <laughs> you sound like you're like you sound like a squirrel turned inside out hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, like it, it, it wouldn't. You're going to be underwhelmed by my dick. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I couldn't handle a big dick. Yeah. yeah. That, that, is, that is why I'm going to scar the inside of your butt cheek with my elbow. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, thank God. Like, lucky for you, I'm a pitcher and not a catcher. Uh, well, you're going to catch so today. You're going to take that dick, boy. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's yeah, I, I, I lost my train of thought at this point. I could have, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, so we were at the strip club. It was amazing. So uh, a couple Fridays ago, one of uh, one of our Friday night Magic the Gathering players, who's actually a, probably Super the, cool, dude. the best player in the store, um, qualified for the Pro Tour, blah, blah, blah. Oh, good for him. So we go out for his birthday. He's 21 years old. So here I am, 44. I'm going out with a group of guys who are spanning from their 20s to myself and another guy who are in our 40s. And we go to the strip club and we go to this place in. So if you have strip clubs in your town, wait, hold on, pause. Shout out to the Swede. Swede, thank you for listening to the show. I don't know how bad your English is. It's probably better than mine. Oh, yeah. You Swedish bastard. Yeah, but thank you. Or bastard at. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. God, 50, 50 times. I'm going to, I have a boner right now thinking about like some, I mean, middle age Swedish MILF, totally grinder clit out listening to your voice. No, no, she's probably banging. Yeah. Have you, so have you seen the, okay, when the Olympics were on in 2016, the Norwegian handball team was basically the Norwegian supermodel team. Wow. They were all 12s. On a scale wow. of 1 to 10, it's a bunch of 12s, and they're like, oh, we're sports people. And I'm like, I will watch you. 
Yeah. I will watch I you. I will watch you shit just to see it open and close. Oh, they're beautiful. So we go to the strip club. We go to this place. It, oh, that's where I was. Uh, Louis, East St. Louis is a special place. It's a very, very special place. The strip clubs in East St. Louis in Illinois are different than strip clubs in most places in the United States. And we go to this place called P.T.'s Centerville. And across the street from P.T.'s Centerville is a massage parlor. You know what kind I'm talking about. The happy endings. And then next door to the next door to the massage parlor is another club that's just all black chicks, Club Onyx. Okay. So we go into P.T. Centerville, and we were definitely, crackers were the minority, right, by a lot, both dancers and patrons. But um, a, I'm at the bar. I'm separated from my group of guys. And these fucking, I've I, I, I've shit on strippers before on this show, but they're hunters, they are sharp, extremely intelligent, cunning yeah. hunters. This chick comes over, this black chick, she's unbelievably banging. I mean, yep. rocking by. Probably yep. hottest chick in the place because PT Centerville, that's not where the quality poon goes. And she starts touching on me and grabbing my crotch, and I've got a fucking raging heart on, and she solicits me for prostitution. Mm hmm. And I was like, no, I cannot do that. I can't. So then, a little while later, go to the bathroom. Some dude tries to sell me cocaine. Nice. Now, cocaine's on my bucket list. Like, cocaine is something that I want to do. <laughs> but I don't know this guy. I don't know the quality of his cocaine. So I turn him down. I was like, okay. I've got a raging heart on because some chick tried to get me to fuck her for $500, which is a rip. And then another dude tried to sell me cocaine. I'm like, a, this is scoring a way to be a good night. Yeah. So then we're talking, we're talking to this dancer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, I, here's what I'm into. And she's like, that's not my jam, but hold on a second. Let me go get Rachel. So Rachel comes over and Rachel just slaps me right in the mouth. I was like, Rachel's my girl. I'm like, I'm into the pain. She's like, so is it going to, is it going to work? Is that for where you? you got that cold sore? Uh, no, I, I have. So, so I have herpes simplex as it be. I, I've had mouth herpes since I was a kid. Most people do. Yeah. But my point being, she, uh, she's, uh, you know, she, she's, uh, she's like, does it help that I used to be a professional dominatrix? I'm like. I love you. It does. No, no. Love love had nothing to do with it. And that's the thing. So I love Amy Winehouse, right? I love her voice. I love her music. I miss her desperately. Um, and there's a lyric in one of her songs about that something you can't do is separate sex with emotion. Can you do that? Obviously, my wife can, but I don't think I can. No, I, she, no she couldn't. She did. I doubt it. Now, see, fucking somebody else I can tolerate, loving somebody else I can't. If there, were, if, if there was an, emo, an, an emotional connection, it would have been a one-time thing. Um, so there was... You're, you are... You are... I'm going to get divorced if you finish the sentence. No, 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 no. Um, that act in and of itself is not something that comes without some sort of feeling. Uh, and, God damn it, Chris, but I've been telling and, myself that it didn't. So here's the thing. 
it didn't change the fact that your wife loved you. Right, just not enough. And what's shitty about it is that she was insecure enough that she had to go somewhere else for anything else. And, like, that had nothing to do with you at that juncture. It had everything to do with the fact that she was feeling inadequate but, personally. But but if I, if I cheated on my wife, it would be because she is unwilling to do what I desire sexually. If you cheated on your wife at this point, it would be because you need to get even for something that happened. No, no, no. My, that, I'm, I'm, I'm Prior to that? Prior to that. Prior yeah. to that, yeah, sure. But you didn't because that, that was not— that was not something that was pressing enough that it could that it was worth disrupting your relationship for hmm. that insecurity was not great enough in you that you were like i have to go somewhere else to fill this void there was something but, but people end their relationships because they're dissatisfied i'm not saying that they don't yeah. um people also step outside of their relationships because they're fucking miserable People also. Oh, I'm a miserable person. I've always been a miserable person. Yeah, but person. It, 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 so, it, gauging somebody else's mystery is extreme. Or misery, <laughs> misery is extremely difficult, and that it, 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 it's such a bizarre thing because most things that we do as a human being comes from a place of insecurity. Um, not all of them, but if you look at social media in and of itself, it's constant validation. Like I seek right. validation, validation. When your phone goes off and you get excited because you don't know what it is, it's an email, it's a text, it's whatever. It's about validation. Um, something validating you because you feel inadequate in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so we're, we're all very, very pathetic in, when it comes to that. Um, so I, I think that cheating is a pathetic act. And I, I believe that it's uh, it's you being fucking sad enough and dissatisfied with yourself enough that you feel like you have to step outside of what is normal or what's acceptable for you in order to change something about yourself or your life. Couldn't couldn't it be couldn't it be as simple as I want to come with someone different? Doubtful. Doubtful. You once, think? once you have an emotional connection with somebody, it's very, very hard to break that. And that's why that's why Stockholm syndrome is the thing. So, no, I don't believe it's something as simple as wanting maybe, to come may, with somebody else. Maybe like, I can separate sex and emotion. Okay, well, maybe you should. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm a sociopath. I think you are. We've talked about that before. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Like, uh, no, it, it, I think cheating happens. And it, based off of the psychology nomenclature that I've ingested um things of that nature happen because somebody is dissatisfied not with the relationship but with themselves so regardless of reasoning or is somebody devoid of emotional attachment no they would stop going back if they were devoid of attachment and they would be seeking out multiple partners at that point um it's easy it's easy and Doing what is easy is what will generally get most people in trouble. That's why an alcoholic continues to drink. It's easy. That's why a cocaine addict continues to fucking there. You know, getting cocaine's head. not easy. Getting cocaine's super easy once you know how to do it. And fuck, dude, being in the car business, motherfuckers are like, you want to go do some coke? No, thanks, bro. Yes, I do. Yeah, I should um, probably get a job in the car industry. You should, but like, do a bunch of fucking cocaine. The like, fact Arr! of the matter is, like, no, mo most people do shit because they're fucking weak enough that they have to but it can't we just simply do things because we enjoy them we do things because we enjoy them but we 
So, like, can't I do cocaine because I like doing cocaine? What's funny about being human? Oh, okay. So the alcoholic can keep drinking because they like it. No, <laughs> no, they they keep doing it because there's a it, it's a necessity at that point in order to function, in order to get through a day, to get through a day, which is a fucking disgusting statement in and of itself. That's why they have to continue to drink. Like that's fucking horrendous. Is it? Yes. Yes. To get through a day. a day. So I should just kill myself. Is that a, what you're saying? A day is a gift. Like you have unbridled potential every fucking day. Every day you have the possibility to do all kinds of amazing shit. You have the possibility to change your life every fucking day. And when people are like, oh, I'd rather fucking drink the day away or fucking smoke the day away or do a bunch of meth or whatever. I, however, however you fucking take your poison. Uh, fuck my day away, whatever. Like it, it's it's depressing because there is no living happening out happening outside of that. Yeah, that's what I got. The thing to remember: getting even isn't winning. Yeah, that's fine. Don't do it. Well, I'm gonna go home and kill myself. No, so. shut up. <laughs> you know how pissed off I would be. You know how much I wouldn't care because I'd be dead? (laughs) (laughs) I would say such unkind words at your funeral. I'd be like, Memory, I've got something to say. And she'd be like, I don't know if I want you to say anything. I'd be like, I'm saying something because I'm drunk. (laughs) Hey, look. That's how that would go. If you come. So I'm going to get cremated. If you come to my wake and shit all over me because I was selfish enough to blow my fucking brains out, more power to you. I would absolutely, I would fucking open the urn. (laughs) And take a piss (laughs) in it. No, I'd drop the biggest fucking deuce. And then I'd scatter your ashes on the fucking, the uh, funeral floor. Yeah. Yeah, it would be amazing. It'd be so good. Um, No. Okay, honestly, I don't believe you're going to do that. No, of course. I was fucking joking. Yeah, but like, uh, that's such a real thing at this point in time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, being suicidal has always been a real thing for me, particularly yeah. since my 20s. But no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, well, thank God. I w- honestly, I would be distraught if something were to happen to you. Um, what's so funny is the the older I get, like, I I make new friends and stuff like that. And uh, so recently, I th- one of my buddies, we've been friends since we were four years old. Um, I went to his bachelor party on Friday. This is Cody T? No, it's uh, John. Hmm. And... Um, Oh, the other, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Jonathan has been a friend of mine for a very, very, Cody and I have been friends since we were 16. Mm. Um, So fucking 15 years, basically. Uh, With John, John and I have been friends since we were four years old. And, like, we, when we were kids, we were like, okay, we're going to be in the Navy. Or, yeah, we're going to be Navy SEALs together. So we grow up, grow up, grow up. I get a little more alternative. He gets a little more jockey. We kind of like go on these diverging paths, and then he uh, he joins the navy, and I'm a little bitch and don't join the military, and then grow up, grow up, grow up. I'm having kids and shit, and he's doing navy stuff, and uh, we grow up, grow up, grow up. I'm done with a marriage, and I have another kid, and he's you know buying a house, getting a car, like all this stuff. Like he's done things the right way quote unquote and uh like we're we're in very different places in life and we got together and he knows that i'm this fucking nerd and that all this shit's gone on with me the past you know fucking 
I didn't grow up basically. Like I had kids and it, it like I didn't get past a certain point, I guess, but I also I was it was just being in a different place and like he's starting to get to be in that place now and he's like dude i want to play fucking D and i was like what and he's like yeah dude i really want to do this and uh i go and so his bachelor party was at the axe throwing joint oh yeah uh so i go there and everybody's like oh fucking some skinny guy just showed up and they get the big axe out and everybody can't fucking figure out how to throw it and i'm like oh i can throw this thing and I'm, like, trying to give these guys pointers. And they're like, oh, fuck you, skinny guy with long hair and a sad beard. So I'm like, okay, give me the axe. I take it. I fucking sink it in the bullseye. And they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, skinny guy's a beast. Um, but I, I, I was excited to get to engage in that activity with them. And it was fun. And, like, it, it's finesse. It's not being some big, strong, burly guy. Uh, we go through that. And, like, I, I start to make friends with some of these dudes. And, like, there's, you know, my lifelong friend. And uh, we start, like, talking. And, like, we're, we're basically coming to the realization that now that we're 30. He turned 30 a week and a half after I did. So now that we're 30, we're, like, getting to this same point in life. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really cool. And uh, just it, it was bizarre. I don't know where I was going with this, I guess. Um, but it was exciting. And uh, I guess it was it was kind of a, a mending that the relationship wasn't broken. It was just distance. It was very distant, yeah. And uh, we got to a point to where we were kind of mending that. And it's like, dude, we're we're at a similar point again. Like we can fucking start doing all the stuff together again. Like you work. You could run a D and D game for him. I'm going to. That's um, awesome. But you you work fucking you know ten fifteen minutes from my house you can come over whenever you want yeah uh hang out with my family like i love you You guys can jack each other off yeah no fucking dutch rudders um (laughs) (laughs) but it it, it was fun and exciting and like getting to mend that uh particular relationship that wasn't necessarily broken but wasn't super existent either was exciting and yeah there was some there was some point that i was going to try to tie in there and getting into the story fucking totally uh made me lose it Sorry, listeners. But, yeah, I got to hang out with my buddy John. I love Elizabeth. I love EB. Elizabeth hardly listens. I love the Swede. No, Elizabeth probably listens through a streaming service. So I I learned a lot of stuff through our buddy at yeah, through, the Boot. Yeah. And he's like, hey, if they listen through a streaming service, you get dicked in the ass. Yeah. We get dicked in the ass. Um, so, listeners... Don't listen through a streaming service. Don't listen through iTunes. iTunes actually counts. Um, but don't, don't just fucking go straight to the website that connects on our Facebook. Yeah, just get your Click string that. in your soup can and <laughs> and oh, we'll go like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I totally lost my train of thought. That bumps me out. But basically, if you get even, you don't win. That's the important part. So I'm going to go be a loser. Yeah, love you. Bye. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs>